0: Welcome back to All I Know Is This, a podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. I'm your host, Amy Starr-Redwine, pastor and head of staff at First Presbyterian, and today we are featuring... The first repeat guest on our show, uh, Janet Legro, who is a pastor here at the church and helping out in areas of faith formation and outreach, uh, is preaching this Sunday. And so I thought it made the most sense to have her come and talk about our topic for this week of this journey of Lent. And that is all I know about trust, um, a very big theological topic. And don't tell us everything you know, because then you won't have anything to preach about.
1: (laughs) But welcome back. Thank you very much. Love the thought of being a regular. Why don't you tell us, uh, what the,
0: what's the passage that we'll be hearing on this Sunday when we're thinking about trust?
1: The passage is a great one. Um, it is Exodus 17, and it is smack in the middle, actually, in the beginning of the wilderness. Uh-huh. The um, full congregation of Israel and Moses making their way through, and they are thirsty. There's no water, and they're not very happy about it. And this is after Moses has
0: rescued the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. That's right. And parted the Red Sea and brought them out into we like to think of them just going straight to the promised land, but no. But no. There's 40 years of wandering in the <laughs> As wilderness. they say, they traveled
1: in stages. In stages. There was a lot to do, and that's right. And they were rescued from slavery. They are essentially free, mm-hmm. um, but they are experiencing a lot of hardship in their freedom, and they're realizing that freedom isn't all they imagined it to be. Mm. And they're scared, they're unhappy, they're blaming Moses, mm. and they're physically thirsty. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. I think they're really afraid. Mm-hmm. And so that's, so this issue of trust, you know, there's always the flip side of everything. The flip side of trust is fear, mm-hmm. anxiety, worry, um. Complaining, uh, murmuring, <laughs> murmuring yes, as they the, say.
0: These are There's a series of these, right? They call them the murmuring that's stories. That's right. That's right. And, um, so this, and the grumbling. I think mm-hmm. that's another way I've heard it described. Blaming. The people are kind of fussing mm-hmm. under their
1: breath. Mm-hmm. Um, Moses even says, why are you blaming me? Poor Moses. <laughs> it's hard to be a leader. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, again I don't want you to have to to go too deeply into what you expect to be enlightening you know how how you'll enlighten us about trust in your sermon but maybe share with us a little bit what what has been the role of trust in your mm-hmm. own life of faith and how do you feel that has kind of played out for you
1: well you know it's interesting because this uh, this passage rings true for me in my own life as well because mm. I come from a family of worriers. Uh-huh. And so I think what, what it causes me to think about is how do we deal with those worries and those fears when they come along? And often they're very real.
0: Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're not
1: phony in this story. They're not, right. they're not worried about something that they're only imagining. They're really yeah. thirsty. And so what do you do what do you do when you have those real worries mm-hmm. um and where do you turn and who do you go to who do you trust in that situation yeah. and so i would say you know when i think of my own life i grew up in a family where we actually we didn't talk a lot about love or how we how much we loved each other um but we were a family based on trust as I mm. as I look back on it, we were always there for each other. And yet we had this natural tendency, a few of us in the mm-hmm. family toward worrying. Totally. Yeah. And so um, I think those are the ide- those are the things I'm playing with right now as mm-hmm. I study the text and as I pray about it and think about it is how do we, How do we practice or strengthen the muscle of trust Mm -hmm. so that when those times come, it's a little bit more of a natural instinct Mm -hmm. than the muscle of worry? Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: you can sort of develop, um, you can develop practices yeah. And it can be a practice toward trusting or it can be a practice toward worry. One of the things I actually just came from our Centering Prayer oh, um, yes. group, and that is one of the great effects for me of Centering Prayer mm-hmm. is that I feel like what it does is it strengthens my trust muscle. Yeah. So when something is just about to get me caught up, I'm about to blame somebody or I'm about to imagine the worst Mm -hmm. I have this practice now where I can release it a little bit more easily than I used to and I can rest in God and Mm -hmm. I can trust that I got through this before I'll get through this again Mm -hmm. um well and
0: you know a couple things one about centering prayer, which is a form of meditation. And mm-hmm. I think one of the greatest teachings from meditation, at least for me in my practice, has been that you are not your thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. but we can certainly get caught up in them. That's right. That thoughts and even emotions come and go. They're kind of like weather, but they're not the climate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that worry can be one of those that, um, can really, we can get caught up in. Mm -hmm. Um, but also we can learn to recognize a sort of this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that, what you just said was, um, looking back and remembering, you know, maybe a similar situation that you've been in that did work out. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know that's certainly one thing I've used and then, um, I have a mother who's a licensed counselor, and mm-hmm. one of the tools that I think she taught me and that i passed on to my own children is when we do get caught up in worry, play that worry out all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. And sometimes letting yourself get all the way there just neutralizes it yeah. in some way
1: yeah or clears it clears yeah. it away because I think you're right when you're when your thoughts get very complicated and you mm-hmm. get caught up in them mm-hmm. uh sometimes you can miss seeing something that's actually very simple, and yeah. this is another thing the passage is saying to me right now uh, as I'm looking at it is th- the people were so caught up in. In their worry and their blame. Moses then gets caught up in them being complainers Mm -hmm. and goes to God and says, What am I going to do with these people? (laughs) They're going to stone me. And he's escalated it, Mm -hmm. you know, to the worst case scenario, at which point God says, Well, let's give them some water. Yeah, <laughs> they're thirsty. Right. Let's, let's try that. <laughs> let's try giving them some water. Yeah. And it, it's almost like you can feel um, all that escalation just mm-hmm. diminish. Oh, yeah, they're thirsty. Yeah, let's give them some water. Yeah. And so I think that is true that we that anxiety and worry is an escalation that keeps you away from Seeing, seeing more simply, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which again, back to centering prayer, is what for me allows me to see things a little more simply. Or yeah. even on the topic of trust, I think about who are those people in our lives that, when when our thoughts escalate and we start with the monkey mind and the spinning who is that person that we trust we can go to? They will bring me back Yeah. to, they will help me see. They will bring me back to what the real issue is. Right. They'll speak honestly. I trust them. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. can say the hard thing and I can hear it. Um, and so sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's a prayer, mm-hmm. um, going to God, but where so are those places to have that or to have yeah right,
0: yeah right um thinking about that i am thinking about some of the conversations that we've been having both as a church community but also on our staff about um, young people today mm-hmm. and the rise in anxiety mm-hmm. that our young people and adolescents are are struggling with and yep. Just wondering um, from your experiences as a as a mother and having worked in schools, um, is there something
1: that you have found is helpful to share? Mm. Well, a couple things. One, I think that it is really important to develop practices. A lot mm-hmm. of times with teenagers, we call them strategies. Mm-hmm. That you can that you can actually develop some strategies that where if you're having a fear or an anxiety, where your first instinct is to flee, mm-hmm. I want to go back to Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to stay here anymore. <laughs> it was a lot easier you know, there. It was a lot even easier with all the hardship. hardship. Yeah. And um, so your first instinct is to flee, but for especially for young people, can you develop a strategy where um, you can move toward it? Mm, you can move mm-hmm. toward the thing, whether it's going to school on a day that you're worried about going to school or taking a test on a day that you're worried about that or or going into a social situation that you might be pretty nervous about, mm-hmm. um, you can develop some strategies to help you enter the situation instead of leave Leave the the situation situation. oh
0: that's helpful
1: and the other thing is that I've I've often heard people especially people heading off to college or heading away to summer camp Mm -hmm. or something to keep with you a list make a list of five people that you really trust Mm. and that you will carry with you that if you need to you can turn to them. Another thing that happens when you're anxious is your mind doesn't work mm-hmm. as clearly. Mm-hmm. I have nobody to turn to. I don't right. know who to call. Right. Keep with you a list of five people that you could turn to if you need to mm-hmm. at any time. And um, that is um, a little reminder. Surprisingly simple
0: but powerful
1: mm-hmm.
0: piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Because And you're so right in in those kinds of situations it, it is really hard to think clearly mm-hmm. but to be able to pull that out and say oh yeah there are people and all of this to me is about trust mm-hmm. because being able to go into a situation rather than flee it requires a certain kind of trust right um in yourself mm-hmm. um, but also that if it doesn't work out that there will be people who can help you yep but yeah, also it's such a powerful reminder of how much we need one another mm-hmm. on this journey of mm-hmm. discipleship that we're
1: not in it alone. Yeah, I remember we had we um, when we had we had a panel discussion here recently with some mental health counselors and mm-hmm. chaplains helping us to understand um, what young people are going through, and one of. One of the counselors said, as a congregation, one of the most important things we can do is to send young people into the world knowing that they're loved. Yeah. And and I think of, as a church, if we could be on their list of five, mm. you know, that my church loves me, my church yeah. is there for me, and that, you know, I, I want us to be on their list, that they yeah. can... You know, they can always come back here. They can call on us. Um, if we can do that as a church, we're living—we're living our mission. I think. Well, that is so powerful because we can do that
0: as a church. You know, I think sometimes we get caught up in the minutia of how do we, you know teach children or or um, meet them where they need to be in worship, or and, and those are all so important. But what I so appreciated about that panel that we had and the answer to that question was the simplicity of it, that the most powerful thing we can do is to send young people into the world knowing that they are loved and they are valued and accepted for who they are yes and we can do that we can we can can. and we are so grateful for those of you who are here with us listening thank you for joining us we hope that um, this conversation about trust and even um, some some ideas or strategies about dealing with fear and anxiety. I, I will just point out that we are in the midst of a lot of unknown about this coronavirus mm-hmm. that is happening, and so trying to think through how do we prepare? You know, what could this mean? It, it's there is a lot to worry about, and we you know, need each other. Sympathy for the Israelites; <laughs> it's, they they had a lot to worry about. It was a scary yeah. season, and mm-hmm. um, but yes, we are here for each other. We are, are grateful for that. And this is certainly a church that has your back. Um, so come back. We'll, we'll be here for a few more weeks during this season of Lent as we think about what we know about some of these big topics. And if you would please subscribe to all I know is this wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also rate us and review us. And the main reason to do that, um, I mean, it makes us feel good if you'd rate us well, but the main reason to do it is it helps other people to find this podcast. And of course um, we also would love for you to share it with them and let them know what we're doing here. If you have questions about how to do any of this, visit us online. We are at fpcrichmond.org. And this you can find more about the podcast at fpcrichmond.org slash podcast.